T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Breaking down the game that was. This is the Six Rings Post Game Show. Here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Looking at video, Andy, right now on the at Patriots Twitter feed, Matthew Slater spoke about an hour ago. He was wearing a short sleeve uh, compression T-shirt, I believe, with like a little bit of a little bit of a collared neck to it, uh, one of those little turtleneck type of things. Man, is just still absolutely yoked. I mean, the guy looks like he'd be able to go out there and keep playing forever, and, and when he's in shape like that, Devin McCourty. Some video also of him walking off the field. Get a little bit emotional. I understand why the players were as emotional as they were in the week leading up to today's game, in the post game as well. Like these are, am, am I using, am I overusing the word legend? Am I being a little too, too generous in my description? I mean, they're patriot legends, both of them. Yeah, certainly. I mean, Matthew Slater is a special teams legend. Even just listening yeah. to Belichick talk about him this week about how. You know, even in year 15 or whatever, that everybody still double teams him and he's still making plays. Like, he compared him to Lawrence Taylor yet again. Yeah, so Matthew Slater is absolutely a special teams legend. And I think, I don't know if legend is the right word for McCourty, but all-time great is certainly uh, mm -hmm. part of the, the McCourty tenure. The one thing that's interesting with those guys is we talk about so many character-like legends. Mm -hmm. And those guys aren't characters they have the ultimate high character and sometimes i think guys like that don't get what let me, let me make i like, I, like what I, I said i was gonna say i see what you did there and i approve of it i like but, the turn i like the turn of phrase there well done i feel like mccordy is a guy who may get forgotten because there's no there's no character there's no funny press conferences or dances or he's just a solid productive football player for a decade plus who played at a pro bowl level at multiple positions and helped you either win a lot of football games or avoid losing them in his role as that last line of defense and yes i know he has lost a step he's not the same player he was a few years ago there's been some um moments as where evidenced on that uh, john brown touchdown today where he and miles bryant both allowed him to slip behind the defense yeah so but that doesn't wipe away a decade plus of service to the organization and the leadership no. you and i talked about it on the Six Rings podcast, and we'll get into it more into the offseason, I think that's every bit as big a question 
as the on-field transition is this continued transition of leadership because you have people criticizing Mac Jones. Well, he's supposed to be one of your leaders. And then I turn on the NBC Sports Boston pregame TV show and Burt Breer is sort of equating the suspensions on IR for Jones and Bailey to an ongoing uh, cultural problem within the locker room and too many players that aren't Patriot way kind of guys. And I don't know if he's right or wrong, but those conversations are being had. And guess what? Those conversations are going to get louder and more difficult if Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater walk out of the locker room and leave two more open spots that could be filled by younger, less entrenched guys who don't have the same character as those men do. You're going to need some real. Uh, Bill Belichick was actually asked that in his postgame presser today. Which leaders do you believe will emerge or which players will adopt the leadership mantle uh, from? It's a lot of responsibility to to take that from the D-Max and the Matthew Slaters, who I believe in large part were paid. I won't call them victory lap contracts because neither of them really was what they were. I mean, you saw Matthew Slater having a tough time keeping up with Naeem Hines on that opening kickoff return touchdown as well. Still a very good player. Not what he once was just a couple of years ago. I think in large part they were kept around for their leadership to try to teach some of these young guys the way that they do business in, in Foxborough and to imbue them with some Patriot way high character. So now it's going to be David Andrews and Juwan Bentley and guys that have been here, some who still have won a Super Bowl, but a little bit of a change into the guard. Definitely going to be an issue and something to keep an eye on uh, as the Patriots grow, evolve, and prepare for the 2023 season, which is what they are on to next, and it's not going to be for about eight months from now. Now I'm sad. Back to and the I, phones we go. Josh is in towns, and he wants to talk about the Pats losing being for the best. All right, Josh, have at it. Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, How are you, pal? So I think that uh, not bad. So I think that we can look at this uh, this whole uh, Patriots not making the playoffs in a positive light because now we don't have the possibility of Bill coming up with this as an excuse to keep Patricia in the offensive coordinator role or, you know, quote-unquote, whatever role he's actually in. And so I think that, you know, we can, while it sucks they didn't make the playoffs, um, you know, like I said, I think we can look at it positively and, you know, kind of take from this that crap, probably isn't going to let him keep Patricia and go out and get a new OC. Hey, have a nice night, guys. Shower beers. Hey, shower beers to you as well, my man. Thanks so much for the call. So uh, I, n- none of us really believe that the effort is going to be made like, see, hey, we had, well, the offense looked good in the final game of the season. Like Matt made progress. I think the, the plan is coming. The plan is coming into fulfillment. It's rounding into shape nicely. I mean, do we really think Bill Belichick is going to fight lobby scratch and claw to keep Matt Patricia on his offensive coaching staff no and I think Mac Jones will fight claw and lobby to get rid of (laughs) Matt Patricia from the offensive coaching staff now I don't I said this about a month ago I thought it was done I thought the like it was a foregone conclusion Matt Patricia's moving on now we've had the report since from Tom Curran and others that it almost seems Mm -hmm. like a foregone conclusion that Billy Mm -hmm. O'Brien will be returning and we should note I am a firm believer Bill does compartmentalize things. Well, the season is over. Alabama's season is over. The New England Patriots' season is over. Phone calls and plans can now be made. Billy O'Brien is available. The job for him to fill is available. It's time to start that process sooner rather than later and get the ball moving. I think that will probably happen. I also want to note, according to our friends at tankathon.com, I wanted to check this. Love that website. The Patriots have the 15th pick 
locked in for the 2023 NFL Draft, just behind Washington and ahead of Green Bay. The 15th overall pick in the 2023 draft. I'm becoming a little too familiar with that spot. Mm, Funny. And last time you thought you had a great player in that spot, and now you're not sure, is he still a great player in that spot? And you could have taken Barmore in that spot, but you took him later, and he might be a great player, but you're not sure he's a great... (sighs) It just keeps going round and round and round. One more call before we catch a break and make way to the third hour of today's six rings post game show with you today until 7:30 when we go to westwood one's coverage of sunday night football a potential play in game playoff game if you will playoffs yeah it's not what we're going to be dealing with here in new england again between the lions and the packers and we'll also catch up on all the scores going on in the rest of the league in just a minute uh i would like to speak with mark in baltimore because he would like to defend mac jones and i shall entertain this hello mark Fitzy. What's up? Good to talk to you, man. Townie News, I'd like to hand out a good, a, a big good for you to the refs in the Raiders game. And I just want to say, look, this, this, this institution, this team is failing Mac Jones. He's the guy. He's the quarterback. And you might not be old enough to remember Doug DeSensei. He was the guy who replaced Brooks Robinson. But that's what we're looking at, too. I just think we need to give Mac Jones a chance. I think that Belichick needs to make some changes in the, the coaching staff and – and, and he's the guy. Jones is the guy. It's not his fault. I'm with him. Okay, Mark, I appreciate it. Thanks for the shout, brother. Appreciate it so much. Uh, yeah, Andy, I think I think over time, once the, the bitter taste of disappointment, the disgusting aftertaste of defeat is washed away from people's mouths and <clears throat> they stop foc- hyper-focusing on all the things that went wrong, and you take a look at what Mac Jones did today and did in the face of not being given the assets, tools, coaches, coaching, and, and and whatever else necessary to grow in year two, I don't think you're going to be hearing as many people like, Zappy, Zappy. You won't be hearing people calling for his head. I think people will be more than, not content, more than willing to see him try to run it back in year three and regain some of the strides he made last year. Yeah, I think the Zappy people are uh, a vocal minority or outliers, whatever you want to uh, call them mm-hmm. now. Um I wish I was as confident as Mark is. Uh, I am not. I feel very confident Mac Jones does not suck. I saw a lot of that today. He sucks. He's trash. I do not believe he sucks or that he's trash. Hell no. I also would not feel comfortable telling you he will ever win a Super Bowl. He will ever lead a team to the the glory land like that. He's this franchise building block. I, I can't say that. I can't say that with any definitive nature or confidence right now. He's in that. It's funny. I think our quarterback is a lot like the team where we started that purgatory in the middle where the team is in the middle of the road, 15th pick in the draft. Although I think it could drop one spot depending on green Bay and Detroit. Um, and you know, you're, you're in that middle land. You, you're not bottoming out. You're not starting the true rebuild with a number two or three overall pick. And I think Mac is a middle of the road QB. I really do think that's where it's going to end up. And that's that's not great. Middle of the road QB on the middle of a road team that had a middle of the road season. And unfortunately, there wasn't room on that road to turn over and make way early exit in frustration. We ask you these questions, Patriots fans, as we go to break and get ready for the third hour of the show. What changes do you want to see made to the 2023 New England Patriots? Is this a wasted season? And are you in or out on Mac Jones as your quarterback of the future in Foxborough. We will continue to address these notions, ideas, thoughts, questions, and more. Plus, we'll play last call, a little fill-in-the-blank, 
and he's got the old thumbs up, thumbs down player of the game, Fourier, Kyrie Thompson, so much more on tonight's Six Rings post game show on WEEI. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Just looking at a billboard a friend posted on Instagram of the Miami Dolphins graphic on their video board inside Hard Rock Stadium where they had a Hard-fought 11-6 win over the New York Jetropolitans today. Playoffs. We're in. Ugh. Gross. Can't believe someone else is sitting in our seat. Did it to themselves, Andy. Then I just saw a SportsCenter post a graphic. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. With a win over the Browns in Week 18, Mike Tomlin, in his 16th season, has never had a season end below a 500-win percentage. Steelers went from 2-6 and six to 9-8. and eight. To maintain Tomlin's incredible winning record streak. I ask you this. Who do you think feels better going into this offseason? Pittsburgh Steelers or Pats fans? Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they have confidence in their coach. I don't know the inner uh, confidence in the in the picket, but certainly uh, he George looks like Pickens. looks a gamer, Andy. He looks pretty good. George Pickens is a good player. I can tell you that much. And yep. He could have been picked by the Patriots, but they didn't. They didn't. They didn't do any George Pickens of him, huh? Nope. So, yeah, no, I think there's confidence down there in the uh, Pittsburgh uh, locker room. And I got to give credit to Mike Tomlin. I've never been a big believer that he's a great coach, but, and I don't know that he's a great coach, but he's a good coach. He's a really good, fundamental, like, find a way week to week, year to year. He's a good coach. They rally behind him, they play for him, they care in Pittsburgh. And, you got to give him credit. Like, that's not easy to do. That is not easy. What would you say, 16 years? 16 straight seasons, no losing record. Meanwhile, I understand six Super Bowls, six rings. They hate hearing about it up in Buffalo. But two of the last three seasons, the Pats have had a losing record. What, do you, what am I supposed to say? I'm not even present that. that I, I need to bring the, the disclaimer of, like, presented without comment up. But that's just facts. Yeah, it's a fun fact, as my no, old it's boss not. used to call it. There's nothing fun about it. Now I'm turning into Richard Dreyfus from What About Bob? Getting very frustrated. Now I'm frustrated. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. Now it's starting to hit me. No more Pats games. Now we got to make up stuff on the podcast for the next six months. Ah, 
So fr- my kids were so into it. They wanted the Pats to go to the playoffs too because they love watching the games. And ah, damn it! All right, back to the phones. Maybe someone's up. Oh, no, everyone's upset about Belichick. Yep, here we go. Uh, well, we'll go, we'll go to Tony. He's in the car. Tony, how you doing, pal? How you guys doing, man? Uh, we're hanging in there, my guy. It's a bit of a bummer right now, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah. I I felt worse like in 07, but I felt pretty bad the last couple hours. But, uh, yep. you know, we're carving up the p- blame pie right now, and uh, I think the blame pie needs to go on to the offensive coordinator, the special teams coach, and who's responsible for those guys? Who's responsible for the situation we're in ultimately by his own admission? And I, I think I hate to say this because I love the run we had with Bill, and I had to take my dad's car keys away from him when he was 72, and I don't I didn't want to be the one to do it, but nobody else would do it, and somebody's got to step up and say something and make some changes at the high level here because the general manager isn't working out the the you know the the, the coach the, you know the general manager role isn't working out for us. You know, he's the guy that assembles the team, you know, and he's part of the team on the field. And he might be a good day, game day coach, but as far as running the organization, I don't have much faith in him anymore. And I, I don't think I'm alone in this. And it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to go up to somebody and say, listen, you just don't have it anymore. And you can't do this anymore. And nobody wants to be that guy, but somebody has to be that guy. And, the ownership needs to step up and show show ownership, basically. Tony, let me ask you before you jump. Let me ask you one question. Which yeah. element or which aspect of Bill Belichick's three years following Tom Brady's departure frustrates you most or most makes you think it's time to either move on from him or to alter the, uh, shall we say, management structure? Is it the record itself? Is it the... Uh, the the drafting is it the in game management because there still seem to be a number of things Belichick does at a very high level, yeah. but the results aren't there. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what the point I was trying to make. Well, number one is letting Brady go, right? You know, and look where we are today. Brady's going to the playoffs again, and we're not. And I'm getting a little tired of that. And um, it, but that it's the management, it's the gen, the management at the overall oversight of the team. I don't think he can do it anymore. It's too much. He's 72 years old. If he wants to be a field coach, fine. You know what? He's. I think he's good on at game day management. I just think he's lousy off season. I think he's lousy. You know, you know, managing the personnel, the the coaching personnel. It's just obviously a mess. You know, I don't. I'm. I'm not an expert, but I. I've, I've gone to games this year, and you can see it on the field. You could see the play calling, and you could feel the crowd just going groaning through the whole game. You know, people next to me saying, well, I can't believe we're going to have to watch this again. You know, like like run up the middle, draw play, screen play, draw play, punt, you know. And it's just unwatchable right now. And it's not the record. It's not the record at all. I think it's the, just the general management of the team. And – I, I was mm-hmm. never a fan of a coach being the general manager when it when this whole thing started, but um, I just I, that's my opinion. I just I think he's lost a lot, and uh, and in this game you can't lose a lot. 
you have to keep an edge. You have to be on top of it. If you lose any part gotcha. of what your job, you just yep, I, you just can't. Nope. Sorry, Tony. Your phone was breaking up there. Sorry, we had to let you go. Um, already. I think it's the Andy. I'm sort of gleaning from Tony if he's relaying, you know, what the season ticket members, the other Pats fans at the stadium were saying. People at the local water and hole or wherever you take the games in, the quality of the product. Forget about, you know, Belich- like You you make mention of it all the time. Like, oh, you guys thought it was hilarious when Belichick let players go or was a dink in his press conferences or was a jerk to the media. It was hilarious. It was adorable. You rallied around it. You fraud squad. You Foxborough frauds. Now, now he's not winning games. Now you're not going back to the postseason. Now you don't get the commemorative DVDs and the T-shirts. Now you don't have duck boats. Not so funny now, is it? And the quality of the product, and to me, one thought I had during the break, where was the joy in this season? Like, where would, like... Marcus this, Jones. No, but there's, like, no, but, like, even in defeat sometimes, there was a lot of joy. I mean, sure, it came from winning, obviously. That, you know, cures all, fixes all. It's the ultimate balm or antiseptic. Wasn't a lot of joy this season. Was not a really fun... that You can have an 8-9 and nine season be fun. An 8-9 and nine season can be joyous. There can be a lot to enjoy about being eight and nine. There was absolute. This was a largely uh, a frustration-filled, um, controversial at times, joyless Pat season. That sucks. Yeah, I don't know how fun an eight and nine season can be for a team with expectations. Like eight and nine is not good. I don't think the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Bucks had a fun season. They're eight and nine. They're in the playoffs, but they did not have a fun season. They underachieved. Brady was mm-hmm. pissed off. There was disappointment. Mm-hmm. Coaching changes could come after the season. There's a lot there, so I I think if you now if you're a if you're the Houston Texans and you go eight and nine next year, probably a fun season because you're showing improvement, you're rolling in the right direction. But for the you know teams that think they had a chance to be more than you know this close to the playoffs, actually be a contender, I don't know that there's a lot of fun in that. So I would just say. On, the, on the, the greater point of Belichick, obviously his decisions are being called into question, a lot of them, on the field, off the field, game plan, coaching, free agency, everything. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe, and it's funny, I brought it up earlier that I do believe he compartmentalizes and doesn't get ahead and focuses on the task at hand and one week at a time. I think he lives those. Maybe Thebes for the first time you actually think about replacing josh it might be too late if you wait for brady to leave before you try to come up with a plan to replace brady might be Mm -hmm. too late gronk all these other things where there just didn't seem to be a plan for things that you should have seen coming we knew josh had a chance to leave at any moment should have had a short list should have had somebody in the pipeline should have had something i can't imagine that matt patricia was a move that was planned multiple years in advance that longed so i do think there's something to that over over umbrella management of the organization and then you can get into the specifics of other stuff coaching and gm um but the reality is mark i think was it mark that just called i don't know whatever the hell that was tony in the car hey tony um don't know why i said that (laughs) don't think that's okay (laughs) um what's the matter with you (laughs) yeah we should probably stop uh But, um, like, you may not have liked it all along that he was the coach and the GM and the be-all, end-all power, but that's what he's been. 
And I do wonder at whatever point you try to uh, deviate from that. And maybe it started a couple years ago with the collaborative draft and him doing that video. Hey, everybody. Hey, Matt, you like this? I thought he put on a show there to try to show, oh, I'm being collaborative. You want collaborative. Um, Because he can be a vindictive kind of baby at times. And who? Bill Belichick. Um, Wow. Yes. So uh, if you try to take any one aspect of his job away, are you taking the whole job away? That's the question that I think could be answered as early as this offseason. At whatever point. The proverbial taking the keys away from the 72-year-old dad uh, that Tony alluded to earlier. Yeah. But even more so, like, it's it's one thing if you say to your 70-year-old dad, you can never drive again. But what if your 70-year-old dad is, you know, summers in Florida? And you, you know what, dad? You can still go get milk at the local corner store. You can't drive to Florida anymore. Is he the type of dad that goes, you know what? If I can't drive to Florida, then I don't want to drive at all. You pick up my damn milk for me then. That kind of thing. That response from Belichick. If I can't do X, then you know what? I don't want to do Y or Z, and I'm going to see myself out. Would it ever come from? Would Bill ever be the one to initiate that conversation preemptively no. with the crafts? No, I do not believe that to be true. I think he is all in. I think that conversation has to come from the crafts. Now, Bill can jumpstart it. You know, I've joked a lot that they sit down for the meeting. Robert says, "Okay, let's talk about what went wrong and what we're going to do moving forward." And Bill goes, "Well, I thought Matt really progressed as the year went on, so I expect he'll be a much better play caller in year two. And Robert goes, "Stop, meeting adjourned. <laughs> Rip the." The whole plan you have to go ahead and get give you a mulligan. You can come back tomorrow. Try to start the right. press conference. Try again. <laughs> try to see so, if we can start this meeting differently. Yeah, I think it, it is going to be interesting. And we'll, we may not know the details of what comes out of that meeting. But I, so I guess Bill Belichick will speak tomorrow morning at Zoom on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Sort of the postseason postmortem blah. He'll say nothing. He'll say, you know, I really haven't thought about any of that. I was so focused on the, the Bills game and the season mm-hmm. that I haven't had a chance to think about blah, sure. blah, blah. Right. Um, and then after that, sometimes he's few and far between the thing we kind of circle on the calendar now in March, whenever that is in March, when the owners meetings happen and Robert Kraft speaks, because when he speaks, he carries a big stick too. Mm -hmm. Sure does. And he's not going to be any bit happy about the way this season unfolded and the way it ended and the prospects for the future for the Patriots. Not quite as rosy as they used to be just a couple days ago. Oh, and also that plant, that idea that Tony plant, the little seed that Tony planted, and that you alluded to as well. Yeah, sometimes the hyper focus of Belichick and his inability to look long view because he's so task at hand does get you in trouble. Like succession plans for Edelman's and Gronk's and Brady's. There didn't seem to be a bunch of them, and now here we are in what I would like to say is honestly. One of the least satisfying places to be. Not here on the radio show with you, Andy. I'm going to be sad this is done. Aww. I've been enjoying the whole season. No. Patriots, Pats fans, the team, we're in the middle. Ugh. Middle class. Sucks. Are we up We're in the middle class? seat and middle class. <laughs> is the guy next to us fat? <laughs> I didn't say that. Are we between Paul Perillo and... <laughs> What, now, why are you oh, doing that to people you've worked with you know that okay. are guests of the Six Rings pod and have been I kind to you? See, every time we have a chance to take a step forward, you bring us three steps back. 617. <laughs> no wonder why you work so well for the team for two decades. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. The phones are full. If you get a busy signal, call back. We'll try to squeeze you in before 730 when we go to Westwood One's coverage of Sunday Night Football between the Lions and 
and the Packers. It's Fitzy. It's Hart. It's you. It's the end of the season on the Six Rings Post Game Show. We're back to the Six Rings Post Game Show on WEEI. I can't remember a play that touched me like that. I don't think in my life. So it's it's probably number one. It, it it was it was just spiritual, and I just I was going around and I just I mean I was going around my team saying God's real. Like you can't you can't draw that one up, write that one up any better. Um, and I, I was just told by Kevin Curran, it's been three years and three months. <sighs> Since the last kickoff return, so it's pretty cool. Oh, I see what you did with that rejoin music there, producer Nick LaPan. I see what you did, and I hate where we are, but I love the way you did it. Six Rings postgame show here on WEI. You just heard from Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Emotional in the postgame, speaking about the opening kickoff return by Naeem Hines, who was on the Colts just a couple months ago, traded for backup running back Zach Moss, takes it 96 yards to the house on the opening play, and I think the entire world's jaw hit the floor, Andy. For Patriots fans, it was, oh, you got to be blanking me. And the rest of the world was, I can't believe what I'm watching. Holy blank. Look at this. It's happening. It did seem like it was willed into existence that they would take the opening kickoff back to the house in large part because of the ineptitude and the poor play of the Patriots special teams this year. Another year with punt blocks and running into kickers and allowing multiple kickoff return touchdowns. Hell, you couldn't beat the Vikings if you gave up one. And today... You gave up two against a Buffalo Bills team that you matched punch for punch, pound for pound, blow for blow for most of the game as well. You knew Josh Allen would get his. I didn't know they'd give up multiple touchdowns, but Josh Allen was understandably emotional, and now we are, but in the wrong way. And the frustration in this game, because not only did you have the kickoff return, you then had the three and out with a sack punt, and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, boy, this is going to get ugly in a hurry. Oh, that's right. And it didn't. And it, this is a little bit like the tease that was the Bengals game. 22 nothing. Okay, we got our face kicked in on Christmas Eve. Let's go have some eggnog. And then it's like, oh, oh, the game's not over? Oh, they're throwing interceptions. We're returning them. Touchdown. This tease has also been, you talked about where's the happiness. There's been plenty of teasing from the Patriots throughout games this year or week to week when you like maybe accepted. You accepted the fact they were going to go to Buffalo and get their teeth kicked in. Except they didn't. They were competitive. They led in the third quarter, despite Mm -hmm. how it started. So the whole Mm -hmm. season was just frustrating, unhappy for some people, a tease Mm -hmm. for other people, certainly unfulfilling for everyone inside and outside the locker room. And I guess the one thing you can say, one thing you can definitively say, what Bill said, they competed. Right? They competed Mm -hmm. all year. Now, I kind of hope... A, that should be a foregone conclusion with professional athletes. They should compete. But B, certainly Bill Belichick teams, I assume. We talk about guys like Slater and McCourty, but I assume everybody on a Bill Belichick team is going to compete to the finish. Um, But give them credit for that. They indeed did that, even with potentially God on the Bill side, according to Josh Allen. Broadcasting from our Best Yet Brand studio, the Six Rings postgame show, Farewell to the 2022 Season Edition, is brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi, that's Z-U-D-Y dot com, for your free trial 
today. Back to the phones we go. Try to get you all squeezed in here before the show's over at 7.30. We'll be kind and courteous, taking you in pecking order. Jesse in Connecticut wants to talk about ownership and changes that need to be made. Jesse. How you doing, man? Fitzy, Hart. I think that, you know, Tony said it good where sometimes you got to take the keys away. And I think Bob and Bill, we got to take it away. Let's get Josh McDaniels back. Let's get uh, Jonathan running the show, and let's start over. Wow. So you want – that's it. So it's time to supplant both Bill and Mr. Kraft, a new breed. And how are we going to get – how McDan- you're going to get McDaniels back. I mean, he's under contract with the Raiders and didn't oh, look too could. good yesterday as much as we all thought that uh, Stiddy and co. may keep up with the Chiefs. That wasn't a great look yesterday, Andy. But if you wanted to trade for Josh McDaniels, I think Mark Davis would do it in a heartbeat. Get that contract oh. off his books. Heart beat. He would drive him across the country to back to Foxborough. Um, the one thing I had a question, um, I, I don't I don't even think Jonathan can take away Robert's keys. I mean, uh-uh. he's he's the grand poobah until he decides he doesn't want to be the grand poobah anymore. He still likes uh, being front and center. We may not see him or hear from him as often as we used to, but... I don't think Mr. Kraft is going to gently go gently into that good night as far as being a Pats fan, a prominent owner, and a celebrity anytime soon. And I don't really want him to. No. If I'm a fan of this team, I still trust him. I still I think he's in a tough spot. It's easy for yeah. us or fans to call in and say, get rid of Bill. It's a lot harder to actually do it if you're Robert Kraft. So I think he's in a tough spot. But I, I think as a Patriots fan, me personally – and I, I am biased, yes, I worked for the organization for nearly two decades. I think you want Robert Kraft involved in every decision you can have him involved in. I think he's a good businessman. I think he's been a great owner for a long time. Whatever he decides, you want him in that decision-making process. Ralph in Cranston. Hello, Ralph. Good to hear from you. Hey, guys. Um, some of these callers, are, they're, they're entertaining. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> Welcome Slater to our world, sir. Thing. Welcome to our world. Oh, I, <laughs> I feel for you. Uh, you know, Slater and McCourty, what they did today, that was great. If that probably is their last game, it was nice to see them both make some plays. You know, the the press is hard on Belichick when he's not winning. And he brings it, you know, his attitude, his short answers. Um, and and he's, he's, a, he's been a great coach. And he still, I think, is a good coach. But is it time to move on? You know, I think it is. And, and you know, the most disappointing thing this year was you, you look at look at the special teams. I mean, that used to be his strength. Penalties. The, the, the Patriots not making, you know, having many penalties. And those were real disappointments. That's not the mark of a normal Belichick team. And and are they ready to go in another? I, I'd like to see a statue in front of that stadium. I, my guy would be Brian Flores. I thought they should have brought him back after, last, after he got let go. Put him back kind of like as an associate head coach. I think the guy's a good coach. I think he deserves another chance. Somebody's going to scoop him up probably this year. And and are they ready? You know, and I think that uh, Bob's son is probably going to, you know, Jonathan, I, I, don't, I don't really think he's as big with, with Belichick as, as Bob is. And, and it would be tough to say, you know, okay, you're fired. I wish you could step down. But I really think that, you know, we, 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 we could use a change, fresh face. You know, it's been 20-something years. And for that caller in, in, in uh, Buffalo, say, if we're a little down tonight, you know what we can do? We can put on the Bruins tonight, the amazing Bruins. He, what does he have? He's got them. If they don't win the, uh, the Super Bowl, that, cat, that guy's got nothing else. Look what we got. We are blessed being hometown fans. Thank you, Bill, for all the years. And I hate to say what I'm saying, but I think it's time for a change, guys. 
Hey, that's a solid call right there, Ralph. I appreciate you very much. Like it's it's all due deference. It's all appreciation, Andy. There's intent. There's immense gratitude. I'm not calling for it necessarily. I still think I still think there's another season uh, where a big turnaround is is needed. I, w- I wonder though if what's Belichick at now? Like three twenty, three twenty nine, three twenty eight. How many wins? Sounds right. I'd have to look it up. Three twenty nine, maybe. Okay, so he's going to need nineteen more wins. If they keep up at this pace, they've gone seven and nine, ten and seven, eight and nine. He would need if they keep this up. Are Pats fans in this for two more years of eight and nine, nine and eight, ten and seven, maybe eleven and six to get Belichick to his number and to stay where we where we lamented being just moments ago, the middle? Well, I'd take eleven and six. Yeah, eleven and I six is a pretty good record. I would. It's I'd not bad. It. I mean, I know it doesn't, you know, three wins from eight and nine doesn't seem like a ton, but I, I think in the NFL, that's actually a pretty big difference, a pretty significant jump. Um, he is at 329, so right. 347 is ahead of him. That's 18 wins, eight wins at a time based on this year. That's two-plus seasons before you get there. Who knows? Um, I wanted to talk about the Brian Flores angle. Your thoughts hmm. on Brian Flores, because I'm not – I'm not as big a fan, I don't think, as a lot of people are. Um, Great defensive coordinator. I do not believe he's the right next head coach for the Patriots. Can organize a team, can clean up the act, can tidy, you know, get ship right and tidy things up. Uh, from all accounts, from all accounts, uh, he kind of, I don't, he didn't work his way out of Miami, but it sure sounded like the players were happy to have a change of guard and a fresh breath or a more absolutely. Contempor- yeah. The players didn't like him and the owner didn't like him. So who liked him? <laughs> Like, I mean, the fans liked him because the he won every year he was there. Kinda. The 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 last year he was there, he had like a seven game losing streak and then a seven game winning streak. I, I don't know that that's good consistent football. I don't know that I, I I would look elsewhere. I think you can do better than Brian Flores. But the next guy is in trouble anyway because he's the cleanser. He's got to cleanse the audience from the Bill Belichick dynasty. So you're probably only here for two years before you're canned, and then maybe the next guy actually comes in. You're the Cam Newton. The next head coach is the Cam Newton. Oh, the guy that follows the legend? No, thanks. Unless yep. unless that guy himself has a big reputation, big chest, a big ego, and is ready to come in and start doing things. Uh, you know, about puffed out. Dolly chest, Parton you know. is the next big coach. Ego. I read there, please. Would you? What? Is this the direction we're going now? All right. Yes. Rather we take it down to the South Shore. Danny and Quincy. Hello, Danny. Well, I saw the play call, and <laughs> and I all I can say is, what took him so long to to finally get go to the vertical game? I, mm-hmm. I just they, they waited till the last game of the year to go vertical. Well, they, they started the year the going game. vertical. Wait, they I'm started sorry? the year go they started the year going vertical and everybody bitched that Mac no, had five no, interceptions. No, not the type of vertical that I like. I like the slant, the over the middle stuff, the, That's the, not the intermediate a slant 20, is not 20, vertical. 20, 30. I'm sorry? A slant is not vertical. I thought you were talking about vertical. Balls they down had, the field. They, they started the year and they were interceptions. Today, they had a oh. mixture of everything, including oh, okay. I going thought you were focused it. on going down the field. They went down the field more than they ever did the whole season this this in this yeah. game. Not after okay? so. Before we talk about next year talk, I want to get Let's into this game. Talking. They went for it twice on fourth down. Where was that? Yep. They they were two for two on fourth down. Okay, I just I just don't understand why Belichick waited until the last game of the season to finally go vertical. And, and I keep saying that, but he started it. the year doing that, Danny. It doesn't make any – when you keep saying the same no. thing that's wrong over and over, it's still wrong. No, it's not wrong, Andy. Did but you watch the first the month? throwing the jump balls. Did you – That's yeah, different down the... than going slants over the middle. 
Slants over the middle or not? I don't. Uh, okay, thanks it's for the call, Danny. Thanks for the call, Danny. Your call's making no sense. I don't know what's wrong with you tonight. Holy Moses! I think what Danny slants was, are not vertical. No, they no, went I, vertical I, to start the year, and all we did was bitch that Mac was throwing interceptions. I think that was the Ravens game because there was not a lot of vertical in the Miami game. Or I mean, there were a couple. Uh, how of about the ball that was picked off when Xavier Howard deflected it? Oh, you're how right. How about the I Steelers forget. game deep down the middle that was picked off by Minka Fitzpatrick? They averaged. I forgot about Phil those. Perry it's been so long ago. Call Phil Perry, and you can get the average depth of target. I believe they led the NFL. They were they throwing did. the ball down the field just to the wrong colored jersey. So you can't. You can keep saying things that, like Danny does and pretend, and then say slants. I'm talking about slants. I, well, I, I'm sorry, you said going down the field. Slants aren't down the field unless you're Randy Moss when you catch it and then go down the field because you're a really great athlete and it's really fast. They threw the ball down the field today. Tony Romo was on it. More play action. They evolved into a more play action passing game. And as mm-hmm. he, I believe he even said. That was actually said, nice to see. And didn't at one point he even said, like, what took so long or something? <laughs> like, why? I think, you... I think he did say, where, yeah, where's this been or what? That's what we said open, way back, hours ago opening the show today. Like, where right. was this team? Where I think what Danny, Danny was getting lost in the weeds of his own thoughts. And, and the idea is that where was this offense? Where was the play action? Where mixing in the run plays, going forward on fourth? Like, this mm-hmm. looked like it was the most competently coordinated effort by the Patriots offense in this frustrating 17 game season that was 2022 Andy I think that's Absolutely. I think that's what he means mean. and I think Mac threw the ball better I thought that mm-hmm. was part of it I thought for yep. the most part he threw the ball pretty well you didn't have really I mean I guess there was that one low throw when he stepped up to Hunter when he got it uh he he caught it but it could have been a better throw but and there was that 50 50 ball to Aguilar that Aguilar just kind of punted on by the way appreciate thanks for trying uh a good nice check you get to leave with um bye Aguilar. Oh God, that yes. Expiring contracts. Thank you, thank you very much. That and there's some of that is the turnover. But Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> um, oh, thank you, Glenn. Some of that is the discussion too, because you you have this idea that the Patriots have money to spend, and they do. They're in the top ten in cap really? space available. There's mm-hmm. a lot of teams with money to spend, but they are one of them. But I think the question has to be asked: If you're Robert Kraft. He complained last year in the spring about return on investment and, oh, we're going to mm-hmm. change some of the offense. I'm going to get a better return on my investment. You didn't. Aguilar wasn't good this year. Jonu Smith is a forgotten nobody in terms of this roster and, and producing. He's still going to be on the roster in all likelihood unless you just... Because of his $17 million dollars in dead money next year. My so, Lord. To bring up the previous caller's GM question, how comfortable are you with Bill spending the money? Do you think he... or Are you going to get Matt Judon? Are you going to get Stephon Gilmore, or are you going to get Jonu Smith and Nelson Aguilar? We was catching him. Unlike Aguilar and his mishaps, I like to put that out there. Oh. Uh, and I feel bad for Aguilar because he seems like a nice man as well, but he is. Uh, he does. Seems like a high-quality human being. Just didn't, yep. fit, just didn't fit on this team as well. Uh, when we come back, Andy, uh, we'll catch a break here in just a second. Uh, we'll play my little uh, game here looking towards the 2023 season. Last call. Uh, we won't do last call in the last segment, but we'll play a little last call. I want you to give me the percentage you believe behind each player's return. A lot of free agents, a lot of potential retirees, some coaches as well that are on the line. We're not sure if they're going to be part of the team next year. Uh, we'll get your thumbs up and thumbs down as well. Clean up the calls. Geez, we could do this show all night long. However, we, be- oh. <laughs> we kind of need to go to Sunday Football as well. Just want to catch the audience up in case you guys 
are not able to see the scores from the 4 o'clock affairs. Cardinals are getting blown out predictably by the 49ers, 38-13. to And the Cowboys are losing to the Commandos, 13-6. to Sam Howell at quarterback today for the Commandos. But it doesn't really matter in the NFC because the Eagles, the Eagles are up after three quarters, 19-3 to over the Giants. Looks like they are streaking towards the number one seed. And also of NFC considerations, making tonight's game a potential playoff game. It is currently Ramajamas 16, Seahawks 13. Ooh, so if that final plan. score finishes on the McVay way, that means the Seahawks are eliminated and the winner of Lions-Packers tonight gets the seven seed in the NFC. So basically we get another bonus playoff game. I'm here for that. I would enjoy the playoff game tonight to uh, soak my sorrows and wash away the tears of today's me Dismal too. affair in Buffalo. At least, at least the first half till I fall asleep at halftime. And then oh, I have to check I, my phone when I wake up. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like dinner <laughs> dinner tray on lap, chin on chest. Oh, by 1020 tops. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more Six Rings postgame show coming at you on WEI. Now, back to the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI. Expecting a little Genesis rejoin. High quality song. Good choice on the rejoin music there, Mr. Nicholas LePan. Well done. Back here on the Six Rings postgame show with you until we got Westwood One coverage at 7.30 of the Sunday Night Football game, which is looking to be a bit of a play-in game. Looking to be a little bit of an early playoff game between the Lions and the Packers. Eight and nine. Andy, where did you have them in our preseason predictions on the Six Rings podcast? I think I went nine and eight, so they fell a game short of my prediction. I think I went eight and nine. Oh, of course you said they went eight and nine. Well, I, think actually, I gotta think, I think I, you actually did. I think I actually did too. So screw you. You know what that's wow. called? That's called being right, or Boom. a realist, or just getting lucky. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, right. A million different things. A million different ways you could take it. All accurate right, real quick. Andy. Call me accurate Andy. Uh, from now on. All right, all right. Enough with the back pathathon. We'll see if we can get a chiropractor to sponsor that segment for next season. Let's do a little quick uh, Andy Hart thumbs up, thumbs down. Last time on the 2022 season, Andy, who brought it and who was not it today? So we'll start with the positives. And that starts for me with Mac Jones. I thought Mac Jones was good. Uh, First half, as I said, 13 of 16, a couple touchdowns, and you're 14-14 tied with the Bills, hanging with the Bills despite the early punch in the mouth from the kickoff return. Yes, I know he threw three interceptions. I don't think any of them were hellacious. It was a bad decision on the Tredavious White one down the left sideline. I didn't think Nelson Aguilar helped him out at all. That was his worst play of the day. He took a shot to Hunter Henry at the goal line for the second one, and then we mentioned the third one. He got hit as he threw. He's in desperation mode. It bounced off Damian Harris's hands. So overall, I thought Mac had a good day. Now, I will say that we're considering this a good day, 26 of 40 for 243, three touchdowns, three interceptions, tells you where he's been most of the year or most of the last two years. Like, there is still, 
um, room for necessary growth for Matt Mac Jones next year. Uh, second, he played well today. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Jacoby Myers and Devontae Parker, two of his receivers, I thought really stood out. Parker had a couple touchdowns, led the team six catches, seventy nine yards. Jacoby Myers had that early uh, third down conversion with the motion, and then he picked up twenty yards. And then he had, I thought, one of the the pretty physical plays of the day, that toe tapping touchdown, which mm-hmm. he had to have been down. Because at one point they were like, does this toe hit? If the toe didn't hit, then call Einstein because, like, laws of gravity and physics are being broken by Jacoby Myers. Like, I don't know how it could not hit. So, really pretty play by Myers. But Myers and Parker showed up. Devin McCourty, potentially his last game as a Patriot, makes it on Andy's Hart's thumbs-up list. I will also say, mm-hmm. I did notice that the McCourty Twins uh, Twitter account was retweeting stuff that said, like, if this is D-Mac's last day, what a day to go out, blah, blah. And I'm like, kind of feels like it's your last day if you're retweeting things like that. I don't know if you'd be retweeting that if it weren't true. So I do think it was his last game. Uh, Had the interception, which was kind of easy. Had the uh, beautiful pass defense with his back turned, which Mm. some might say, oh, he got lucky. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's luck. He's reading the eyes, he's reading the hands, and he's, you know, that's a guy that's played in the, the league for a decade and a half and has good timing on those things. And then obviously had the fumble recovery on the Jonathan Jones forced fumble of Devin Singletary to sort of wipe out Max interception there where they traded turnovers. And then um, I thought Ramondre Stevenson was good. He didn't have a ton of touches, but he had six carries for 54 yards to lead the team. Then he had five catches on six targets for 28 yards. So. What he has become, that dual threat running back pass catcher centerpiece of your offense, he was that again today. So anybody that I missed before I move on to the negatives? No, I think that uh, you know the who pass I, you rush know I'd like to throw times. on there? I'd like to throw on Daniel Equale. I don't uh, think I ever heard his name mentioned one way or the other. He had a big sack today. He played solid on the me? defensive line. Um, Daniel Equale, there was a, so I got into a little thing. One of Mac Jones's slide, he was calling for a penalty again. I'm so sick and tired of him calling for penalties. And on the bomb that that Josh Allen threw, I believe it was Daniel Equale hit him in the back. And you know what Josh Allen did? Stood there and celebrated the touchdown pass. Didn't take a dive and try to throw his hands up and get 15 yards in case the pass. Like, that's what I want my quarterback to do. I don't want my qu- – and, I, and I, I started that rattling off. Up. How many times do you see Josh Allen – Patrick Mahomes, uh, Joe Burrow whining for flags. I see Mac Jones do it five times a game. I don't. I don't know if there's a direct correlation between those guys are really good and they don't need to whine for flags, and Mac's not, and he needs to whine. But I'm done with the whining for flags. That would be on my thumbs down list. Mac whining for flags, not his play, his whining for flags. Now let's get to the real thumbs down list. Um, it starts with a big paragraph written about kick coverage slash Cam Accord because. Um, that's why you lost. You lost the game because you couldn't cover a kick. Two kickoff returns for a touchdown. I'm sorry. I, like, I don't like ripping coaches, calling for jobs, things of that nature. But the special teams have been putrid for the most part the last two years. They've yeah, they, ha- they have been. They, they, they've been super, like, lousy. I almost just used a swear word. They've been real bad. <laughs> Please don't. Um, is At some point, that has to be a reflection on the coach, no? Like, doesn't it, like... That's of course your job it is. is Everything is. Okay. So that's a reflection on Cam Accord and to some degree Bill Belichick because I do think he's involved significantly in that area. So he gets some of the blame that he told us to give him there. And as you said, 
it got so bad that they tried to not kick to Naheem Hines, so they just kicked it out of bounds for a penalty and gave them the ball in the 40-yard line. Like, just abysmal performance by the kickoff team, the kick coverage oh. team, and it continues the trend for special teams over the last two years. Missed then Jake I wanna... Bailey in a big old way, even though he was having a lousy season before he got hurt. Yeah, but he could kick off, and he might have been able to put it into the end zone or get a touchback. And guess what? If it's a touchback, they can't score. <laughs> Football 101. Uh, Miles Bryant. Not only... Did he bounce off Naheem Hines on the second kickoff? Yes, second kickoff return of the day for a touchdown. But he also was the one chasing John Brown when Allen had that little rollout and then sort of flicked the ball 42 yards for a touchdown to John Brown. Um, Miles Bryant is sort of my um, personal. I don't. I don't even know what to call it. I, I just. To me, if you want to be a better defense, you got to get Miles Bryant off the field. He plays. He too shouldn't much. be there. He should be a special teamer and a backup. He should not be. Yeah, not sure he should be a special teamer after I saw today's tackle. No, actually, no, that's fair. Uh, that's where I, he used to be. Now I have a feeling he's going to be playing for someone else. Uh, and then another one, a symbolic one. I had him here last week. Sean Wade. I'm sick and tired of healthy scratches for guys you traded for who are supposed to be good. You're undermanned in the secondary. You can't cover Stephon Diggs. You can't cover John Brown. You're giving up bombs and big plays. Why is this right. guy on the roster if he can't help? Like, why does he yeah. have a job? Like, I, I, how, I don't really They've held on to him for how long now? Two years? Two years. And there were some concussions in there, and now he's hurt, and he's this, and he's that. He's perfectly healthy now. He's what they call a healthy scratch. He's nowhere near the injury report, but he's also nowhere near the game field. He, he infuriates me. Yeah. Sounds like he's on your And bat. I don't know like him he's, personally. By he's way. not even on the thumbs down list. He's like now a, a, maybe a new column, Andy Hart's bad side. Yeah, like Permanent gone. naughty list. The gone list. Um, we'll get anybody else you want to include? Because there were some various, like um, Connor McDermott got beat for a sack early, um, but I didn't I notice anything I almost else can't after. even like, I can't Same. even do anything with that guy. Like, I mean, he's like a 17th string guy backup playing tackle. because Off he's, the street. Yeah, seriously. Um, you know, there were other little instances. Nelson Aguilar, I thought he could have fought more for the interception. Not a lot of um, compete on that pass. No. Um, but I didn't have a lot of other guys that stood out to me as having really... I, I thought the defensive front was pretty good um, as a whole, both against mm -hmm. the run for the most part. There were a couple chunk runs. They had one point there where they gave up like an 18-yard run followed by like an 11-yard run. Um, mm -hmm. But that wasn't a, a problem. One to Singletary, one to Cook. Yeah, Cook back to back. Yeah, uh, Andy, the compete was there today. Like, they weren't absolutely. overwhelmed by the moment, the magnitude of this week, the emotional high that you knew Buffalo would be on. Like, they didn't seem initially overwhelmed. In fact, that they gave up the opening kickoff return touchdown, three and out, play really solid defense, and then they get the ball back and go on a scoring drive, told me they were, they were in this game. They were absolutely in this game. The Patriots blot... The Patriots brought plenty of tough resilience and compete to the table. They're just not good enough. Uh, yeah, they're not. Well, now they're good enough because they're good enough to be one of the teams that doesn't get to play in the postseason. They're good enough to start their offseason and begin making lists uh, of who they're going to change on the coaching staff and the roster and the things that you want to get into next segment. Last call before we flip to the final hour, a final half hour of the program here and wrap up what's been quite the memorable season, to say the least. Back to the South Shore we go. Paul's in Quincy. Hi, Paul. Hey, two things. First of all, you know, a 12-point win, right? We gave up 12 special teams points today. This game was closer than the score indicates. This offense went, I wouldn't say toe-to-toe, -to -toe, but held their own against uh, Buffalo. As for firing Bill Belichick, bring in who? Now, tomorrow's Black Monday. On average, five to six coaches a year get fired. 
So you got to see will a Brable be available or a Sean McVay be available. But, you know, this offense today, I mean, they won by 12 points, the same number of points special teams gave up. This game was closer than the score indicated. I think they, the offense looked like a real offense today. Yeah, they did. It they did. absolutely. That's the mo- that's probably the most real offense, if you will, or the most contemporary offense they looked at this entire season, Andy. Uh, yeah, no, there there's no doubt that they're rounding into form just when it matters most, when they are done for the year and they're gonna all or some of them lose their jobs. Uh, by the way, I continue mm-hmm. to come back to it. You know who has the number one overall pick, right? Number one overall pick now belongs to the Chicago Bears, who won the tankathon with the Houston Texans, defeating the Indianapolis Colts today, securing the second pick overall. They wouldn't have even needed that if they hadn't whooped your ass on a Monday night at Gillette City. I still Stop cannot Bears. get that. I still I can't get that game out of my mind. That the the team that picks the, number one overall might be the worst you. overall game this year. Oh yeah. I would definitely say that's true. You are and what you are, and I'm supposed to know about the aura and the banners and Gillette Stadium and the debacle with the quarterbacks. And you win that game, Bears lose that game, they don't have to worry about the number one pick. They have it already, and you'd be playing next week. Uh, To tease our first segment that will be coming up in the final portion here of the program, this from our pal, the Lazar Show, the Lazar Show, Evan Lazar, a quote from Damian Harris a couple hours ago. Quote, if they'll have me, I'd love to be back. But at the end of the day, I know this is a business. End quote. That from Damian Harris. Once again, See you. locker room. Uh, Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, so many Patriots hanging in the balance. Will they or won't they? We'll play a little game of last call in the final segment here. Get you caught up on the scores and get our final thoughts on the season. When the final segment of the finale episode of the Six Rings postgame show comes right here at you on WEEI. When you came off the field, obviously, emotionally, very emotional. Now, have you played your last game? Uh, I don't, I, you know, I'm not sure. And I don't think it's fair to the, to the guys in that locker room to just talk about my personal situation. Uh, sorry. Given everything I've, got, I've had, you know, my dad told me when I was young, if I was going to play the game, that... Well, there's a certain way to play it, a certain way to go about it. I tried to make him proud, represent his name the right way, because that's how he did it. And that's what it's always been about for me. Patriots special teamer extraordinaire, 15-year veteran, and Captain Matthew Slater, very emotional in his post-game presser in the locker room after today's 35-23 defeat to the Buffalo Bills, giving the Patriots an 8-9 record on the season, a losing record for the second time in three years, no playoffs for the Patriots again. Fitzy and Hart here with you until 7.30 when we go to Westwood One's coverage of Sunday Night Football, Lions at Packers. Right now, Andy, real quick, check of the scores. And uh, the Rams have the ball with two minutes left, tied 16-16 up in Seattle. 49ers, by the way, dominating the Cardinals. Looks like they're going to get the two seed in the NFC because the Commanders are crushing the Cowboys 23-6 to in a game Dallas is trying to win. Bad <laughs> effort, bad look, bad way to limp into the postseason for Dallas. Good way to set up the trade to Dallas of Bill Belichick. <laughs> Ooh, that's, it's a game like this that could have Sean Payton ticketed no problem, easily certified on his way down to Dallas as well. 
Um, I just want to read with you one other quote from the post game today. Uh, I got this from Chris Mason's Twitter feed, our pal by, at by Chris Mason. David Andrews on the finality of the season ending. Start rebuilding and try to get going for next year as soon as possible. So I ask you, Andy, a little last call here, checking in as we broadcast from our Best Yet brand studio. And, of course, we're brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi, that's Z-U-D-Y dot com, for your free trial. Here we go, Andy. Uh, I've rallied up a list of players. <laughs> that's right, Jigsaw. Uh, last call. I want you to give me the percentage, uh, a likelihood, if you will, that this player returns, this player, coach, person returns next year to the 2023 New England Patriots as we look ahead to next season. We'll begin okay. with Matthew Slater. What, what, put a percentage. Zero. Be gone! Yeah, Zero. that's it. Slate's done. I mean, he was crying <laughs> for a reason. Yeah. Um, Understandably so. And it's, it's, it's going to be a major loss on the field because I still think he was good in the special teams area, even though that was an area of concern today in other games. Um but as we talked about, the leadership is going to be sorely missed. The spokesman, they always put him out there at the toughest time. Something really bad happens for the organization, the team, the locker room. You know, Matthew Slater can go out there, answer the questions, and handle it in the proper way. Yeah, I had the pleasure, I believe, of conducting the final phone-in interview with him on a Patriots Monday last Monday when Kyrie Thompson and I did the afternoon program from 2 to 6, and I thanked him for the way he handled himself with class in the locker room, on the field, in the community, and all the calls to the station. Like, you just literally can't do any and all of that any better than Matthew Slater did. I can guarantee you somewhere the great Jackie Slater is smiling and proud of the effort put forth in an amazing career by Matthew Slater. Um, Devin McCourty. I'm going to leave a 5% chance that he comes back. He gone! No, he's yeah, I think he's gone. But just with him, you never know, and maybe when the dust settles. and Because um, remember a couple, the the Super Bowl. We thought he was done at the Super Bowl. He was sort of openly talking about retirement, and he's played a bunch of years since. So I think he's gone, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure he's media-bound. I, I am too, based on the, as I said, he's retweeting uh, retirement-type tweets on social media. <laughs> Those are usually a pretty good indication. <laughs> <laughs> that we've played our last game and we are bidding farewell. Uh, wide receiver Jacoby Myers, who is a free agent, and according to Spotrack, a quick check as to what his market value will be. Uh, many websites have him listed as the number one free agent wide receiver. Spotrack says he should be pursuing a four-year, $50 million deal. He gone. He gone. Wow. What percentage do you give Jacoby Myers returning to the team next year? I actually give it a slight uh, 36%. Um, I think he has an affinity for the team. I think mm -hmm. he has a loyalty to the team. I think the team likes him. I just don't know that Bill Belichick will go where I think somebody else will because he's not a number one receiver. He's not a, even though he leads the team in receptions, he's not a number one receiver. And I think he's a luxury that a good team, again, I, I've always said the Bills. I would love him to go to the Buffalo Bills with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Well, I know you want him to stay here, but I'm also would like to see him succeed and have fun and win games and go to the playoffs oh. and the Super Bowl. And you know, those aren't necessarily things that are guaranteed to happen to him if he stays in New England. For a um, number one receiver, twelve and a half million, three for thirty-two today with a touchdown. I think he scored in three straight games for considering it took the guy forever, forever. to get his first NFL touchdown. You know, good season, solid season for Jacoby Myers. Had a really good, you know. 
one of the guys who actually, uh, one of the only guys who actually ramp, ramped up his production as the season went on. Uh, Ramondre had the best improvement overall from year one to year two, 21 to 22. Most of the rest of the offense, as we know, regressed. But Myers acquitted himself well, and he's going to get paid. I sure hope it's here in New England. Uh, running back Damian Harris. Uh, I would say there's probably a 15% chance Actually, maybe it's a little more than that. Maybe it's more in the 30s. And the difference is, I don't know what kind of market he's going to have. He's been injured a lot. He's never really been able to put together long stretches of, like, he's the guy, could he be a bell cow kind of running back. He's has to be probably seen as a part of a um, committee backfield. You know where I think he could end up? Let's just say Josh Jacobs prices himself out of Las Vegas after leading the NFL in rushing Ooh. in a contract year. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if if Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler showed some interest in Damian Harris, but um, I don't think the Patriots would not want him back. I just think he's going to make a little bit of money, and when you have Ramondre Stevenson and now you have Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong that you you know drafted a year early for this very reason, my, yeah, I'm going back to my original fifteen percent chance he's back. He Safety. He's Jabri- having a lot of fun with that. He gone. Uh, yeah. Well, drop. so far you pretty much have it at the percentages listed. You've got everyone gone so far. This team's got a lot of work to do this offseason. Safety. Jabril Peppers. I think he could be back. I think Bill Belichick likes him. I can tell you, I liked watching him play and light people up and lay the lumber and bring a certain swagger and physical style to this defense. And I'm not sure how much money would be available to him on the open market. So. Wouldn't surprise me if he signs a multi-year deal to return. So I'm going to put him at. What was that? That was, I'm back. That was Cam Newton screaming, I'm back, last year in Carolina. Remember, he took his helmet off, got a penalty after he scored. That's what we got back. I mean, that didn't turn out very well. The guy stunk. Um, So, yeah, Jabril Peppers will put at 56% chance he's back. Just going to go with random 56%. Okay. I, I was going to go Very well detailed. over 60%, but I like when you... Oh, you're going to go four percentage points higher? Ooh, look at you. It's a awesome. round number. I mean, I'm not going with all local TV stations. 38, 56. No, I was going with Patriot great Andre Tippett. Cornerback John Jones. He himself an unrestricted free agent. Uh, 12% chance he's back. <laughs> he gone! Yeah! He's gone. He's going to get paid. You said it earlier. He's in line for a four-year, $50 million deal, which sounds like a heck of a lot of money, and I don't actually think he'll get that. It's a lot of money for a cornerback who, you know, was one of the better slot corners in the league, now got pressed into number one corner duty more often than I think he would have liked. But his numbers are good against some of the smaller and quicker receivers in the NFL. His coverage on that is good. What's that? In the slot, he's good. When you say, I need you to match up with number one receivers, well, coach, um, that's not really what I do. But he might get paid like that's what he do somewhere else, which would be pretty amazing. Uh, I'm gonna give him a, f- I'll give forty percent chance he returns. Oh, you're so optimistic. Well, it's better than nothing. Speaking of better than nothing, Miles Bryant. Um, he gone. No. <laughs> no, he'll probably be back because he'll be a. Ch- no one's gonna want him. They clearly are comfortable playing him. They've been playing him for two years, despite the fact that no one watching the games as a fan or media type thinks they should be playing them or want him. He'll be back. I'm going to say 97% chance he's back. I'm back. <laughs> 97% chance. Oh, yep. People, I mean, that sound right now is people throwing their radios in disgust. 
Well, I don't think there's anyone outside of Belichick and Patricia whose names were dragged through the proverbial online mud of Twitter more than Miles Bryant today. Yikes. He's going to get back. Get used to him. Uh, let's see. Any other ones? Uh, no, not Connor McDermott. Uh, Raekwon McMillan. Uh, he'll probably be back. I'm back. I yeah, I'll feel, uh, 51%. I don't feel strongly about it, but they don't really have inside linebackers, and I think I thought he did a decent job at times mm-hmm. this year, maybe another year removed from the injury. I could see him coming back. What we need uh, to talk about. Okay, oh, I got, go I got, I got uh, one more for you player-wise, then we'll quickly run through the coaches. Isaiah Wynn. Uh, he gone. He gone! <laughs> he long gone, hard to find, unhappy, and ready to move on. Like, uh, Can you envision him coming back with how no. cranky he was and terrible he was? That's a bad combination. Be bad. And cranky. And what's he going to get somewhere else? I have, I could not hazard a guess as to what his value in the open market is, because it, you know, there's dumb people in the NFL. There's people that will convince themselves that he's a great player, he's worth some money, change of scenery, first round pick, blah blah blah. And I don't think he is. And I think, I think he showed his true colors this year as a competitor. He was upset, and I think sulking, and I think it affected his play. And if I'm another team, that would worry me as much as his short arms and, and lack of stature. The fact that you seemingly kind of tanked your season when you weren't getting what you wanted. Talk about acting like a petulant child. And you got paid ten and a half million dollars in the process to to be unhappy about having to switch from left tackle to right tackle, and you're probably better suited for guard in the first place. Can you imagine making ten million dollars, knowing you're going to continue? Just stop there for a second. Can I just (laughs) can I just fantasize about ten million dollars, please? But you're making $10 million. You're going to continue to make millions of dollars. I don't know how many millions over how many years. And be as sulky and bitchy and whiny as he was all year. And it's funny. We just, we just, we just heard, 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 we heard Matthew Slater talk about <laughs> representing his family name. I don't think Isaiah Wynn represented his family name very well this year. Like, if I were his dad, I'd be pissed at him. I would be. Yeah, I didn't be handle like, himself. Didn't handle himself. Be well. a professional. I didn't raise you to be that. Be a professional for for once. All right, to the coaching staff and the sidelines, Bill Belichick. Uh, 100%. Nope, 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 nope. 98% chance he's back. I'm back. 95% chance he's back. Uh, Special offensive assistant, Matt Patricia. Uh, 100% chance he's back. I'm back. Actually, I have to marry it up to Belichick, probably. Actually, no, he might have a bet. 100% 100% chance he's back, but not in, in the role he's in. Okay. He'll be back within the organization somewhere. 100%. He's back. Joe Judge. How come you don't have to answer any of these? Because I'm hosting and I'm asking you. Oh. I would say Patri- oh, 100% oh, chance right. Patricia's back as well. Yes. I'm accurate Andy. I'm the one who gets everything right, so this is probably a great segment. This is the one. I should be the one proposing this. Oh, who please. was it? Joe Judge? Yep. Um, He is tied to... Bill Belichick, so I'll say 95% chance. Yeah, could he be the special teams coach? Because I want the answer to this last one to be 0%. Cam Accords. I'm not going zero. I'm going to say like uh, 20% chance that he's back. I think he'll probably be gone, you know, and and probably a soft landing spot or something. Is there a chance he could go be, you know, Nick Saban's special teams coach or just lands on his feet somewhere, but, you know out of here and out of the scrutiny of the New England fan base that right now kind of despises him. Kind of, yeah. Not exactly a a great final game to submit on the resume uh, or to post to the LinkedIn page. 
No. Uh, I don't think he's back. I'd give it I have 10% chance tops. 10%. All right, Andy. One more call, and then we will give our final thoughts on the season and a quick look ahead to 2023. Wait, Charles is on more? the line. Charles, you are the last call of this year's edition of the Six Rings and Football Things postgame show here on WEI. Oh, man, how about that? Lucky day for me. I really thought I wasn't getting on. Uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, I think there's a lot of overreaction. I, I get it. You know, it's, you know, two out of the last three seasons, losing records, not going to the postseason. But I think when you look at kind of what they've done, uh, like building the team, I think they just got to switch up the, the sort of philosophy a little bit. Like the offseason we had a couple of years ago when we signed everybody, uh, to me it looked like if we had Brady – that would have reminded me like 2014 where it's like you get Brandon LaFell. He's not a guy that's a stud on another team, but you pair him up with Brady, he gets 900, almost 1,000 yards. That's kind of how I felt with guys like Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. And then when it came to the tight ends, you know, they're just good, solid tight ends. That they, they weren't anything special. I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, you got to get rid of Patricia, hopefully get Bill O'Brien in here. And then after that, it's just, uh, you know, you got to look at what options you have. I mean, obviously the draft is probably the best way to get a receiver, but if not, you got to look at like T Higgins or Michael Pittman, uh, like after next year, you know, whether you can trade for them before, uh, you know, before they become free agents or you just wait until free agency. But that's kind of what I think they need to do. Cause look, they gave Mac Jones a bunch of guys who none of them had a thousand yards in their career. I think, Nelson Aguilar had the most decorated season out of all of them with like 850 yards or 900 yards a couple of years ago with the Raiders. So yep. they need to actually get people who could start on other teams. So that, <laughs> that's my biggest. Uh, <laughs> that's all right, idea. Charles. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. So there it is, Andy, the mission. Should you choose to accept it? Go get guys that might actually start on other teams. So therefore we should target guys who start on other teams already. Wouldn't that be not a like bad offseason plan? Right. I like where you're going with this, Charles. Just Charles, Andy, and Fitzy. We got this. We got this. Uh, yeah, Andy, I, we're I, wrapping in like a minute and a half, so I just want to get your uh, player of the game real quick. Patriots player of the game brought to you by Cars for Kids. The easy way to donate your car, donate today, and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Go to Cars for Kids. That's Cars with a K. dot com or one eight seven seven Cars for Kids. I am going to give it. Uh, there's a little bit of a sentimental vote here. Devin McCourty, interception, fumble recovery, pass defense in the end zone, and what may be his last game in a Hall of a Patriots Hall of Fame career. So Devin McCourty's your player of the game. And your final thoughts on this: a very tumultuous, controversial, ultimately unfulfilling 2022 Patriots season. It sucked. But it was kind of interesting along the way, the ups, the downs, the unexpected problems, the expected problems. And I will put one more quick, will will they be back or not in New England next year? Fitzy and Hart, will we be back to the Six Rings postgame show next year? Percentage chances. Uh, I say 72%. I'd give it a 93.7% chance. Be gone! <laughs> you're, you're a little high on that. <laughs> Great job by you, Hart. I would say this was a fascinating and ultimately frustrating season, and it was unfulfilling. I won't go so far as to say failure, just to stick with the alliterative terms. Um, disappointing, ultimately. Not not as joyful as it as we probably would have hoped for, but in the end, like you said, great for the content, great for the discussion. Happy to have done the season here with you, pal. Great job by you, Nicholas LePan, Justin Turpin, everyone else who helped out behind the glass on the ones and the twos. And thank you to the members of Patriots Nation, the listeners of WEEI, 
for participating in the Six Rings postgame show, the podcast in this little community we've been building. We hope to be back with you next season. We'll still be here on the Rich Keefe Show, the Six Rings pod, weekends, and so much more. So stick with us. Thanks so much. And unfortunately, no more Patriots games to talk about anytime soon. But the Pats discussion will keep on going. Don't you worry about that. All right, we're going to kick it over to Westwood One's coverage of Sunday Night Football. This is the end of the 2022 season and the Six Rings postgame show. Final score, Buffalo 35, Patriots 23. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a wonderful year. Talk to you soon. God bless. And as always, go Pats. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.